Hi everyone, just a quick word of welcome to my newest Patreon supporter, Susan, a dear friend with whom I have reconnected after many years. If you want to join the Patreon club, please go to patreon.com countermelody, where you too can become a supporter of the Countermelody podcast. Up until this point, I have had a single tier for donations, so anyone who donates $2 a month on up or $25 a year on up gains access to all of the bonus episodes that I have thus far posted. This might be changing in the coming season as I introduce more live streams and things like that, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. With the death of Queen Elizabeth II yesterday, the world changed irrevocably. For one thing, it is the end of a reign that lasted for 70 years. For me, the question was how, as a non-British person, as someone not enamored of the royalty, and as a dyed-in-the-wool anti-imperialist, how to address this death, this passing. And I was at a bit of a loss, but I think I found a suitable solution. So listen on and see if you agree. Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. As always, I am your host, Daniel Gundlach. No preaching here, no lecturing, well, maybe just a tiny bit of each, but the primary spotlight will always be on the singers that enrich and enhance our lives, no matter what is going on in the world around us. Thanks for joining me. And now, this week's episode. I happen to have a friend staying with me this weekend who is, in fact, a subject of the British Commonwealth. And he came to me last night in shock over the news of Queen Elizabeth's death. I had been planning that today was going to be the first of two episodes featuring New York City opera divas, but I have put that episode off by one week so that I could bring you this special tribute instead, both a tribute to female monarchs as they appear throughout operatic history, and also a belated birthday tribute to the beloved English mezzo-soprano Janet Baker, who turned 89 on the 21st of August. I'm featuring today both memorial-themed music and Janet Baker portraying various operatic queens throughout history. I will also be bookending the episode with music of consolation by various composers with whom Janet Baker is particularly associated. First, let's listen to a portion of the opening aria of the Bach cantata Vergnügte Ruhe, Beliebte Seelenlust Blessed rest, treasured pleasure of the soul. You cannot be found among the sins of hell, but rather in the concord of heaven. You alone strengthen the weak breast. Therefore, the pure gifts of virtue shall have their dwelling in my heart. Thank you. 
as I mentioned in my cold open, I am not a royalist. I'm not a British citizen. I am not a supporter of imperialism in any of its guises. So however does one pay tribute to a monarch who sat on the throne of England for 70 years? I thought that I would pay operatic tribute in whatever way I could find that felt acceptable to me and that would pay respectful tribute to Queen Elizabeth. Six days after her coronation, Covent Garden premiered the opera Gloriana by Benjamin Britten to a libretto by William Plomer. The opera was distinctly not a success, partially perhaps because of the depiction of Queen Elizabeth I as a fallible woman full of self-doubt and questionable romantic attachments. In more recent decades, the work has undergone a reassessment and is now considered to be one of Britain's most interesting operas. When the opera premiered on the 8th of June 1953, the role of Queen Elizabeth was taken by the British soprano Joan Cross, who previously had created the role of Ellen Orford in Benjamin Britten's Peter Grimes. Though it seems to me that this would have been a role that Janet Baker would have performed to absolute perfection, and though it has been portrayed by other mezzo-sopranos with Zwischenfach capabilities. It was never part of Janet Baker's queenly canon of roles. At the end of Act One, Queen Elizabeth has a soliloquy and prayer, and I'm going to play for you that moment as it was heard in the world premiere of the opera in June 
From here on in, we will be hearing Janet Baker in her portrayals of various operatic queens. Let's begin with the role of Alceste. There are various operatic versions of Alceste, including one by Lully. We're going to hear the one by Christoph Willebald Gluck, a role which Janet Baker sang at Covent Garden in the year of her retirement from the operatic stage. This was the first of three major productions being mounted for her, one by Covent Garden, one by ENO, English National Opera, and one by Glindborn. Queen Alceste is selflessly going to sacrifice her life to save the life of her husband, King Admit. Here is the aria from the second act, Je n'ai jamais chéri la vie. Charles McCarris conducts the orchestra of the Royal Opera House in this live performance from December 1981. Janet Baker was celebrated for her portrayals of Handel characters. In particular, she sang the title role of Julius Caesar. Cleopatra in that opera, of course, is sung by a soprano. But Janet Baker did also portray Cleopatra in a concert work by Hector Berlioz. This is from a cantata that he composed for the Prix de Rome. The text chosen to be set was La Mort de Cleopatra, The Death of Cleopatra. It is a stunningly original work, which over the course of its 20 minutes documents Cleopatra's rage, her scorn, her reminiscence of her former glory, her resolve, and finally, quite graphically, her suicide. I'm going to play the first so-called aria from this piece, A qui sont loin ces jours. This is a classic 1969 recording in which Alexander Gibson conducts the London Symphony Orchestra.
Though Janet Baker made her New York debut in 1966, and her nearly annual concerts at Carnegie Hall and other venues were a fixture of the New York concert season. She never sang staged opera anywhere but in the United Kingdom. That said, her U.S. debut was in the role of Smeton, the page, in a concert performance of Donizetti's Anna Bolena, and her final Carnegie Hall appearance was 21 years later, again in a concert performance, this time of her iconic role of Orfeo in Gluck's Orfeo ed Euridice. She had her career on her own terms, and she was not interested in spending a lot of time so far away from home. And she never broke that resolve. In her 49th year, she decided that she was getting tired, and it was time to retire from the operatic stage. I mentioned the Alceste that she did in December 81. This was followed that spring by a revival of her stunning portrayal of Mary Stewart in Donizetti's opera Maria Stuarda. But because the performance took place at the English National Opera, and because at the time ENO did all of their operas in English, which meant that works originally in other languages were all translated into English. A live recording pieced together from a number of those live performances in the spring of 82 was released originally on EMI and then re-released on Chandos Records as part of their opera in English series. This is Mary's, or Maria's in the original, her opening aria, You Murmuring Breezes, followed by the Cabaletta in the Peace of My Gloomy Seclusion. As he conducted the orchestra at Covent Garden in the Alceste, Charles McCarris is also the conductor here of the English National Opera Orchestra and Chorus. We briefly hear in the role of Hannah Angela Bostock.
Nearly a decade earlier, Janet Baker first portrayed the role of Mary Stewart, again at ENO, and again with an English translation by Tom Hammond. When she performed the opera in December 1973, her rival, Queen Elizabeth, was portrayed by the phenomenal British soprano Pauline Tinsley. This opera is based on the play by Friedrich Schiller, which imagines a meeting between Queen Elizabeth and Mary Stuart that never actually took place. But boy, if it had, and if it had occurred the way that Schiller portrays it, the fur would have been flying. Because both of these estimable artists have such wonderful English diction and are both extraordinary vocal actors, I think the story unfolds in a very clear manner. Once again, Charles McHarris is conducting the orchestra and chorus of the English National Opera. And there are some other voices heard here. Keith Irwin as Lester, Don Gerard as Talbot, Christian Duplessis as Cecil, and Audrey Gunn as Anna, or Hannah, as she's known in the original German. This performance took place on December 13th, 1973. 
face that fate has long denied the love that was for
as brilliant as her performance of Mary Stewart was. This was Janet Baker venturing into a territory, Bel Canto, in which she sang relatively few roles. She also recorded Romeo in Capuletti Montecchi and the aforementioned Smeton in Anna Bolena. But other than that, but certainly her greatest Bel Canto achievement was as Mary Stuart. She was much more celebrated for her portrayals of French operatic heroines, including Queen Dido in Berlioz's Les Troyens. She recorded excerpts from this in French, but generally when she performed the role of Dido on stage, it was almost invariably done, I think with one exception, in English. In 1972, there was a profile of Janet Baker that appeared on BBC television. First aired in the fall of 1972, and in it, Janet Baker offers a number of her most celebrated portrayals in performances filmed expressly for this artist's profile. In that program, she portrayed the role of Dido, singing again in English. Raymond Lepard conducted the English Chamber Orchestra, and this is Janet Baker portraying all the rage and heartbreak of the betrayed Queen Dido of Carthage. <laughs>
Janet Baker, of course, was also celebrated as a recitalist. And I have two different songs about night, sleep, and dreams, which she performed. And I'm going to offer you performances from the early 1960s of those two songs. First, a rare recording from the BBC that took place on the 3rd of October 1965 in the BBC studios. This is Franz Schubert's setting of the Matthäus von Collin poem Nacht und Träume. Janet Baker is accompanied by Paul Hamburger. This is one of my very favorite songs of all time, and Janet Baker sings it here in the full glory of her artistic and vocal prime. But she does something weird. She claimed always to be following the published or text of this song. But to me, when she sings Rufend, wenn der Tag erwacht, Rufend, wenn der Tag erwacht, this is what I'm used to hearing. She sings instead Rufend, when der Tag erwacht. You'll hear it. It falls really jarringly on my ears, and yet I'm still going to offer this performance because in every other way it is just about perfect. Holy night, you descend. Dreams also float down like the moonlight through your space, through the silent hearts of humankind. They listen with delight, crying out when the day breaks. Come back, holy night, return, fair dreams.
One of the earliest of Janet Baker's solo recordings was made in the year 1963 for the Saga label. This was a celebration of English song in which she sings a number of songs which she never re-recorded. One of these is Sleep. The composer is Ivor Gurney. Even before he enlisted as a private soldier in World War I, he had already exhibited mental instability and had suffered his first breakdown in 1913. In 1917, however, he was gassed on the front, which many think exacerbated his mental illness, triggering a breakdown in 1918. Following the war, he continued to compose, but in 1922, his mental state had declined to the point that his family had him declared insane, and he spent the last 15 years of his life in psychiatric hospitals. He died of tuberculosis at the age of 47 in 1937. This biography lends an added poignancy to his setting of the poem Sleep by the Elizabethan poet John Fletcher. Come, sleep, and with thy sweet deceiving lock me in delight a while. Let some pleasing dream beguile all my fancies, that from thence I may feel an influence, all my powers of care bereaving. Though but a shadow, but a sliding, let me know some little joy. We that suffer long annoy are contented with a thought through an idle fancy wrought. Oh, let my joys have some abiding. I hope you have enjoyed this belated birthday tribute to my beloved Janet Baker. And I also hope that no matter what your political stance and proclivities, that you will spare a thought to 
Queen Elizabeth II, who for 70 years performed her job with dedication and with grace. Next week, I will take up the mantle of the Nyko Divas, and I have a very special guest whom I will be interviewing next week, who is one of the real authorities on the history of the New York City Opera. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, let us close with Janet Baker's most moving portrayal of all, that of Henry Purcell's Dido in his short opera Dido and Aeneas. She left two commercial recordings, one at the very beginning of her solo career, one nearly 20 years later. But I'm going to offer you a live television transmission from Glyndebourne in the summer of 1966. John Pritchard leads the London Philharmonic Orchestra in When I Am Laid in Earth. Happy birthday, Janet Baker. Rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth.
my dear friends. Keep the song in your hearts.